It is Monday, November 27th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Eagles with another comeback win. And a couple coaches get hired in the SEC. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Great day for me as Josh Allen and Justin Herbert lose. And a good day for the only quarterback I have left in our QB draft as Jalen Hurts and the Eagles with their fourth straight come from behind win. It is a Monday morning, AJ. And with that, we play Monday morning quarterback and recap the Sunday that was in the NFL. And yes, the Eagles did uh, get their fourth straight come from behind win. It's the longest streak of comeback wins in a single season. Only the fourth team in NFL history to win four straight games when trailing at halftime. That team's good. Are they? Like, are they good? I'm not sure. Uh, I I, I think they're, I I don't know. I think they're good. I don't know that they're great. I, I saw someone tweet this last night. I don't, uh, you know, it was at Hayden Winks. No idea who he is. Oh, I guess he's from Underdog Fantasy. Uh, he said the Bills just became the fourth team ever to win the turnover battle, have 500 total yards, outgain the opponent by 125 plus yards, and still lose. Fourth team ever. I, I mean, I keep saying this: the the Eagles are winning games that they've got no business winning. And it felt like yesterday was another example of a game where they got thoroughly outplayed and, and won the football game. And it, it it's great. I mean, it's, it's not, if you're, if you're backing the Eagles or you're an Eagles fan, you're like, Hey, we win ugly. Doesn't matter. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But from a, from a power rating sports betting standpoint, it's unsustainable. Like that's not real. You can't, you can't keep losing by a hundred plus yards every single week. This makes five weeks in a row now that they've been outgained by over a hundred yards and winning football games it just doesn't work that way. That's not how the NFL works. So it, it's well, going to come crashing down, but for right now they're winning, they're winning ugly, but they're winning. Well, good teams find ways to win football games. And when you have a quarterback in Josh Allen, that is just hasn't never won an overtime game in his career. A lot of it's not his fault, though. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? But it's I just find it interesting or funny or maybe it's ironic that, you know, the league changes the overtime rules because Josh Allen yeah. doesn't get to touch the football in overtime. And so with the new rule change, he still has not won an overtime game in the regular nope. season or playoffs. And listen, I might sound bitter here. I want a plus three and a half bet. I'm I'm okay, trust me. But the officiating in this game was absurd. Like it it was so bad. Like it was 75 to 5 penalty yards in the first half of the game. Josh Allen got horse collar tackled and they called a penalty on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. It it was and it wasn't just that game. There was a lot of games where the officiating was just horrendous yesterday. Yeah. And I mean, the, it's starting to be like pressure from like fans are like, what is this garbage? This is nonsense. How, and they're, they're, fans are now uh, clipping plays and tagging NFL officiating saying, what is this bullshit? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the Texans had a play where they, they called a pass incomplete. And you I mean, it's pretty clear, both feet down, ball in his hands. It's, and I mean, it, there was several calls in that game. There was just some really bad officiating yesterday, but. The, the Bills were were one of the teams that, that suffered at that. Yeah, and, and look, Josh Allen played as gutsy a game as you've seen him play. Yeah. You know, the, I thought the second rushing touchdown, which gave them the lead, was the real, like, you know, a, a timber moment for him in a positive way. But then, you know, the Eagles able to get themselves into field goal range and kick the 50, or field goal range, a 59-yarder yeah. to tie the game and send it into overtime. And then the Bills' inability to get that touchdown on their first possession in overtime and the Eagles did. And it was a play much like Josh Allen made on his second touchdown. Jalen hurts made the same play using his legs. Well, and also on, on that same note, I mean, you had a team who is, is hitting 
59-yard field goals, and the Bills they they missed two kicks. Like it was a it was a bad day of kicking for them. Blocked a one block kick and one missed field goal uh, from Tyler Bass, one of the better kickers in football. So him missing those two field if he hits one of those, this game doesn't go to overtime. And, mm-hmm. and you know we're not we're not talking about it, but. Uh, you, you can't miss multiple kicks in a game. So one one of many things that went wrong for them, and including you know late in in the game, and it kept showing Gabe Davis on the sideline the entire the entire Eagles last drive. Between every play, it showed Gabe Davis's face. He was sick to his stomach that he turned the wrong way on a route, and mm-hmm. I mean he got great separation, was wide open, and he just went the wrong way. It looks like, and I mean that that would have won the game as well. So it, it was a a, a, a gut wrenching loss for the Bills, who are now six and six, uh, and and the Eagles now ten and one in firm control of the NFC. Yeah, you look at the Bills at six and six. They're currently the ten seed in the AFC playoff picture. The teams that are ahead of them for that seventh and final spot are the Broncos at nine, the Texans at eight, and the Colts at seven. All three of those teams are six and five. The remaining schedule for the Buffalo Bills, they will be at the Chiefs. That is a tough game. Home against the Cowboys, another tough game. At the Chargers, which is okay. Then they get a bye week. It's going to be a three-point game. You know that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Then they get a bye week against the Patriots and then have to go to Miami in the final week of the season. And at that point, I don't know if Miami's playing for anything or what the situation is there, but... Uh, it's it's an uphill climb for the Bills, for but sure. I don't I don't think it's anything difficult. I still think the Bills are a playoff team. Well, the the Bills need to beat the Chiefs uh, on. I guess they've got a bye week now, but in their next game, they've got time. They they're gonna have they're gonna be able to rest up. They should be able to come up with a good game plan. They have to beat the Chiefs, and if they fall below five hundred, I, I don't think there's a way out of that hole because uh, I don't think they're winning the last four games of the season. But that's a game to me that they've they've got to find a way to win because you have to assume you're probably going to lose two of these games. Like so, it, I don't know if nine and eight gets you into the playoffs. I, I'm not sure that it does, to be quite honest. Uh, so you may want to. Are we really buying stock in the teams above them though? Like the are the Colts really going to make the playoffs? Are the Texans going to make the playoffs? I I, I don't think so. Or the Broncos? Um, I mean, I know I, the Broncos are a little winning streak now. Well, but listen, the Broncos have a head-to-head win over the over the Bills. So if they're if it comes mm. down to a tiebreaker, they're in trouble. So yeah, the Bills have just put they've dug themselves a, a big hole, and now they've got to find a way to fight out of it. Like being close in all these games doesn't do you any good. They've got to go out and win some of these games uh, that they just haven't been able to win. And when you when you look through their season and you see they've got six losses and none of them have been by more than six points mm-hmm. I, I mean that's just the kind of season it's been it, it's been a tough one where the, the breaks haven't gone their way and I say that like but they're you know their their scoring differential is still you know plus a hundred something well that's because so. they talked they talked about this on the broadcast like they in in some of their wins they have like a 26 point margin but then in their two and well now six they're two and six in one score games yep beat the Giants beat the Bucks that was it and then they all six of their losses are by yeah, one blew, score. Blew out the Raiders, blew out the Dolphins, blew out the Commanders, mm-hmm. blew out the Jets. Uh, yeah, but all the, all the other uh, all the losses are just coin flip losses. Yep. All right, let's get into uh, the AFC number one seed, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. We saw it on Sunday Night Football. The Ravens got by the Chargers, and Zay Flowers said, "Forget about taking a knee." I want to score, and I want Ravens betters to win their bets. As he took a uh, jet sweep when the Ravens were just needed a first down to ice the game, and he takes it all the way to the house for the touchdown. So the Ravens win twenty to ten. That was the only offense that they had in the second half was that one run by Zay Flowers. But a twenty to ten win, they forced four turnovers. Herbs twenty nine of forty four, two hundred and seventeen yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And uh, took three sacks and was pressured into really not giving them a chance late in the game. Yeah, the interception, I I don't really count to Hail Mary at the end of the half. Mm -hmm. But he was responsible for a a fumble on a sack where it's like you've got to be more aware of your surroundings at that point. And Keenan Allen lost a fumble. Austin Eckler lost a fumble. It's funny, when you say four turnovers, it's like rarely – 
are there four turnovers and there there's not multiple interceptions, but three fumbles and and one again an interception at the end of the half that didn't really cost them anything. But the fumbles were the problem. They just couldn't hold on to the ball, and you know the, the, that's the, those are silly mistakes. You know that that's stuff that I, I hate to say it, it eventually falls to coaching, but it, eventually it falls to coaching when you're when your team is making mental mistakes or errors and and losing the football. Like it's just. I, I can't make any more excuses for this team. They're not a good football team. Justin Herbert's having a, a below average. I mean, it's certainly having a, a below expectation se- season. Like the, the the numbers would say that he's still pretty solid. But he, he, I think if you asked him, there's no way he's happy with how he's played this season. Um, you know, it was nice to see him get out and run a little bit, but it was a, it was basically too little, too late at that point. Mm-hmm. And Lamar didn't have to do a whole lot. This was one of those games where Lamar just kind of uh, he kind of coasted because he, he the, the offense for the Ravens wasn't crisp. And actually, I get I give credit to the Chargers defense. I didn't expect them to play as well as they did, uh, especially given they were put in some bad situations throughout the game to hold the Ravens to to 20 points and really 13 points until the last minute of the game. I mean, that's a that's a heck of a performance. And and for all the bitching you can do for if you're a Chargers fan and say, hey, our defense never helps out Herbert. This was a game that they did. The defense did their job and the offense just no showed. Yeah, well, and also we watched the Jets and the Dolphins on Friday. Don't tell me that a Hail Mary interception at the end of the half is meaningless. OK, because. <laughs> Fair enough. We saw, we saw it means something. Well, this was okay? a, this was a hail mary that didn't it didn't hurt anybody. This was a harmless <laughs> okay. interception. Okay, you know for the Ravens, like this is now a long layoff for them. They have the bye. It comes at a good time for them because they had a couple of guys banged up, and and they'll get healthy. And I think they're going to be a really dangerous team with their final five games. Now they do have a couple of difficult games. They go to San Francisco. They're home against Miami. The game against Pittsburgh to end the year is it's never an easy game against Pittsburgh. And then going to Jacksonville, you know, where the heat could be an issue, uh, but also I know it's late in the year, but still, it's I always like betting against cold weather teams when they go down to Florida late in the year because it's kind of like your body thinks you're on vacation where you get out of the cold and you're in the heat for a little bit. But um, that's an important game because, you know, the Jaguars are right up there in terms of fighting for the number one seed. Yeah. I Listen, here's where I'm at with the Ravens. I think this is the best team in the AFC, and I think they're starting to realize, they're starting to look around and say, okay, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen might miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is having the worst offensive season he's had ever. This is ours to win. Like it, you know, the Browns don't have a quarterback at all. This mm-hmm. is what looked like a a really competitive AFC. Suddenly, looks like an AFC that the Ravens can really put a stranglehold on if they're able to stay healthy. Um, because I. I I don't see anybody who's doing the things that they're doing. I don't see anybody who's as complete on both sides of the ball as the Ravens in the AFC right now. And it's been a long time since you could say that, but the, I think the Ravens are, they are the team to beat in the AFC and they, they should feel confident right now. Like they've got a good chance to be in the Super Bowl. I'd be very curious to see what happens in that Dolphins game. Cause that game could be for the one seed and you know say what you will about the dolphins and you want to talk about the dolphins defense the dolphins defense has looked a little little different now that jalen ramsey is back healthy and you know with the obviously the fangio there maybe it took a little while to get this team you know in sync but i'd be very curious in that matchup which could be it's the second to last game of the season it's on the new year's eve that could be for the number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs, I still picture. stand by the Dolphins' best win this season is the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I, I, until they beat a team that's got a pulse, I can't buy into them. And the 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 the, uh, the Dolphins, the last three games of the season, Cowboys at Ravens, home Bills. That's really going to tell us the story of the Dolphins. I mean, if they go one and two, zero oh and three in those games, there's no way I'm going to have any faith in them going into the playoffs. You win two out of those three games, I can start taking you seriously. The Chiefs defeated the Raiders 31-17. Patrick Mahomes, 298 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs had a big day, 20 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. He had that long 50-plus yard touchdown run there. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, scoring late in the fourth quarter, which kind of put the game away. But this was uh, this was close. I mean, this was a 21-17 game going into the fourth quarter there. 
Well, I mean, it was a 14 nothing Raiders game early on. I was like, what is going yeah. on with these Chiefs? Uh, and then I, I think the, the key to the game was getting the touchdown right before half to make it to tie the game at halftime. And I think the Chiefs went into the half and said, hey, let's reset. Let's figure this out. And they came out looking like a different team. Uh, mm-hmm. Defensively, specifically, they looked like a different team. And Aiden O'Connell in the second half looked like a rookie quarterback. Um, it, it was a big game for Josh Jacobs. It was a big game for Jacoby Myers. Uh, and and truthfully, the Raiders did a good job of limiting Travis Kelsey, which you know nor- nowadays you think, man, if you can limit Travis Kelsey, you probably win. Uh, but it was it, it was a good game from Mahomes. Almost got to 300 yards, two touchdowns. It's it, like when you looked at the stats at the end of the game, it was like, man, this is a way better game than I thought it was for him. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, the 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 numbers weren't there, but he was able to convert some key third downs and obviously uh, got a couple cheap touchdowns as well. So a, a good complete game for the Chiefs and and kind of took some of the uh, some of the momentum away from this Raiders team that's yeah. been surging lately. And, you know, I thought whatever adjustment they made at the half in regards to defending Devontae Adams obviously worked. That Devontae had five catches for 73 yards in the first half, did not have a catch in the second half. And, again, this comes down to this is Andy Reid coaching against a guy who's coaching the fourth game of his life. You know, it's we didn't talk about that a whole lot during the uh, during the week, like the, the advantage of the coaching edge that the Chiefs have. Uh, but you got to remember this guy, this is a brand new coach. Like these are the, and especially when a lot of the way it seems like a lot of what he's doing is coaching on emotion. Yeah. And that like, there's no adjustment to be made for that. You know, like you can only, your effort can be this and, uh, your skill level is this, but like you can, you can say, let's, let's go out there and play with emotion. But at some point it's, it's hard to keep up when you're, especially when you're going against one of the masters. The Rams defeated the Cardinals 37-14. This was a close game early as the Cardinals uh, had an 8-7 lead at the end of the first quarter, but that's it. Uh, it was all Rams from there on out. Um, you know, I kind of contradicted myself because I gave out the Rams as my four-weight on the pod, on the Dream Pod, but I actually took the Cardinals in a teaser up to 8.5. And, whoops. and uh, whoops is right. And you know what? All my handicaps on the Dream Pod really worked out. Kyron Williams, 16 carries, 143 yards. He also had 61 receiving yards and two touchdowns as the Rams got their starting running back back. And he he paid off in a big way. Yeah, he's not a big name. He's clearly an impact player for this team. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like the the difference between him and what they'd been getting out of Daryl Henderson is is night and day. And he just opens up the offense, having having a running back who can be a real factor in the passing game, uh, who can, who is explosive when he does get the ball, when he hits the holes. So, I mean, this was a a game changer for them. It made everything easier for Matt Stafford. Uh, the yards weren't really huge for Matt Stafford, but he was very efficient uh, and and threw for four touchdowns. This was, I keep saying this, when the Rams are healthy, I think they're a good team, and. It, you know, I'm not saying they're a great team. I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but they're certainly not a team that should be like at one point was was getting points against the Arizona Cardinals, which I thought was the mm-hmm. most insane thing. But yeah, I, I don't think they were ever in. They should have never been in the conversation with the Arizona Cardinals of like, oh, what do we make this line? Should it should should it be Rams plus yeah. or minus like that talk is all crazy because the Cardinals stink and the healthy Rams are, are pretty solid. Yeah, Cardinals are awful. I texted you during the game. I, like, I mean, defensively, they're a joke. They might be worse than the Panthers. Like, they're really they're really bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, the Packers now are the nine seed in the NFC at five and six. The Packers are above them at five and six as well. The Seahawks currently holding on to that final wild card spot at six and five. So a good win for uh, Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, and the Rams. The Broncos continue winning a 29-12 win over the Browns. This is now five straight wins for Sean Payton. Yeah, and this, I mean, listen, Dorian Thompson-Robinson wasn't playing great, but he was outplaying Russell Wilson. And it, much like in the, uh, the the Chargers game, guys couldn't hold on to the football. Like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't keep fumbling the football away. And expect to win. Like he, he, he also threw a couple of balls that were like, you know, they were like the announcers were saying, "Oh, it's a little behind him, or it's a little low." Yeah, but 
but but the receivers got their hands on the balls, and it's like at some point you can help out your rookie quarterback. You know, like there were a couple of plays that really could have been. I mean, Amari Cooper on that two point conversion like could have caught that ball. Like there was a lot of plays that really could have been caught that the receivers didn't help him out. Yeah, and a couple fumbles from Elijah Moore and, and Harrison Bryant, and then DTR goes out of the game. And it was over at that point. Like mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. PJ. Like you, you see now why Dorian Thompson Robinson started over PJ Walker. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's night and day. And the fact that I mean, Dorian DTR played about three quarters of the game and took zero sacks. PJ Walker immediately comes in and starts taking four sacks, fumbles the ball away. Yeah, uh, he yeah. just he gives up a safety. He's just not good. He's not an NFL player. I I. If if Dorian Thompson Robinson isn't able to go next week, I imagine we see Joe freaking Flacco play an NFL football game. We probably will. And yeah. I feel bad for the Browns because this is a playoff caliber roster. This is a good team, and you, you they lose here, but remember they they won three straight games leading up to this, and one of those was against the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens at Baltimore. Like this is still a very good football team. Uh, They're seven and four. The, the questions are who's going to play quarterback and what's the health now for, for miles Garrett. And like, when you consider that uh, Nick Chubb's been hurt all year, it's like man, the fact that this team's even competitive is wild, but that tells you how good this defense is. I'm a believer mm-hmm. in this Browns team. It's just hard to back them when you know, you're going to get garbage quarterback play and PJ Walker. I, I hate to say it. Just, he doesn't belong in the league. Yeah. I, I, well, obviously, I mean, he was signed off the XFL, uh, let's talk about the Jaguars snapping their losing streak to the Houston Texans with a 24-21 win, uh, and we had a potential game-tying 58-yard field goal that doinked off the crossbar for the Texans. But you mentioned it earlier in the pod. There was a, an incomplete pass call when Tank Dell was clearly in bounds. A couple of officiating uh, mishaps, if you will, in this one. A close battle, but hey, the Jaguars get the monkey off their back. Yeah, and there was a lot of pass interference calls made early in that game. Uh, There was a lot of, like, really questionable pass interference calls. There was one before the, I think it was before the Calvin Ridley touchdown, right? So the score in the game is, before Ridley scores, it was 14-13, okay? And the Houston had a lead. Jacksonville is down inside the red zone, and Trevor Lawrence throws the ball out of bounds. And they call pass interference. It was the second consecutive pass interference on the same player. Now, the first one, whatever. You want to call it, you call it. The second one, though, like, whatever happened to the ball is uncatchable. It's like, like it doesn't exist sometimes. They don't – I don't did, – did the NFL change that rule? No. Because, like, first off, it wasn't pass interference. Like, it, maybe if you could have called holding, I would have been like, eh, maybe there was a legal contact there. But, like – the ball was thrown out of bounds. The receiver, there was not, there was no chance the receiver had at catching the football and being in bounds. And they called pass interference, which gave them a new set of downs. And then they converted into the Calvin Ridley go-ahead touchdown. So that was one that like really stuck out to me because, in my opinion, that was the game-changing play. Yeah, and I, I, to me, the difference in this game, like you, there's lots of excuses you can make for the Texans, but. They missed their kicker. Kaimi Fairbairn has been one of the more consistent kickers in the league. He's been hurt. They've got this guy, Matt Amendola, kicking. He misses two field goals. And the field goal at the end of the game, it, that's a long field goal. I mean, his, I think yeah. his career long is like 45. He's not even a he's not even really a kicker, and he's kicking a 58-yard field goal. I mean, kickers matter <laughs> in the NFL. And it, it like it's a, it's a big difference to have a guy you can trust and a guy that you, you don't feel comfortable with. And you saw it yesterday when Brandon McManus is able to go out and hit a, a freaking 53 yarder uh, to give the to give Jacksonville some cushion. And like if they if they don't hit that 53 yarder, this game probably goes to overtime. So it, mm-hmm. it's a it, this was a game where one team had a kicker they could trust and another one did not. And it, it really hurt the Texans yesterday. The Giants beat the Patriots 10-7. Tommy DeVito, hey, Tommy DeVito, throws a touchdown. And, and you know what? We talked about this, like, on the Dream Pod, and you had said it. Like, the Patriots are on that list of teams you that can't. should never be laying points on the road. <laughs> Three and a half with Mac Jones? What? 
AJ, it went up to four. Oh, it was up to it was up to four, and Mac Jones plays horribly in the first half. He gets benched. Bailey Zappi takes over. He's not better, and the Giants and Patriots play an ugly football game that the Giants win, and now that is two straight wins for Tommy DeVito over the Commanders and the Patriots. And I'm not here to um, I'm not here to make any accusations of of tanking or anything like that. But it's rare that you see NFL kickers miss 35-yard field goals. When you're kicking mm-hmm. from the 17-yard line, usually that's a gimme. Like, so the idea that the, the Patriots were playing to tie there, I, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those where it's like, did they, did they want to make that? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the kicker probably did, but I, it, it was just – it was a. This was the grossest game of the week by far. Uh, this is. I mean, if this doesn't tell you what the quality of quarterback play in the NFL is, I don't know what will. But Mac Jones, I, I don't know if you can bring him back now. I don't know if you can say, okay, we benched you this time. Like you can't go back to this guy. This is to, you can't go back to. Him. It's like Zach, you benched him last week. It's like Zach and Wilson. Then you go now. back to him. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't go back. You to just him. gotta. You just gotta bite the bullet, and you, you might know that long term. It, like Mac Jones probably has more upside than than Bailey Zappi, just like you know that that you know Zach Wilson probably has more upside than Tim Boyle. But you just have mm-hmm. to make a change for the sake of your fan base, for the sake of the guys that are still playing on the team. Like those guys don't want to see Mac Jones touch the football anymore. I mean, that's how bad it was yesterday. I just don't. Why not just start Malik Cunningham? Just let him play. Just let him run around. Just let him let him use his athleticism and create plays. Because it's it's better than turning the football over every time you throw the ball. So it, it's it's just been. I, there was a point in the game. I think it was the entire first half, right? The entire first half. Uh, I sent you this nugget. So Mac Jones's passer rating was twenty seven point eight. Yeah. If he had went zero for twenty one with all twenty one of his passes spiked directly into the ground, this according to Ben Volin on Twitter. His passer rating would have been thirty nine point six. Would have been better. So it would have been better than what he did. Unreal. Just spiking the ball into the ground every play would have been better. Uh, let's move on. The Colts uh, are in position to make the playoffs. A twenty seven twenty win over the Bucks. Gardner Minshew two hundred and fifty one yards and an interception. Baker Mayfield one hundred and ninety nine yards, two touchdowns to Mike Evans but an interception as well. Rashard White did rush for 100 yards in this one. Yeah, and this was one of those games where like the the comeback started a little too late. It felt like the the yeah. Bucks were dead for almost the fir- like the first three quarters of the game. Uh they get a quick touchdown in the fourth quarter and they're like, "Okay, we're in this thing now." But it was too little too late. The, the hole had been dug too deep and uh yeah, it, Jonathan Taylor starting he's starting to look like Jonathan Taylor again. Um you know, Tampa Bay, typically a, a pretty st- a staunch run defense, and they had their way running on him. Uh, Gardner Minshew was what he normally is, good for, you know, a bunch of yards and then the, the occasional interception or two. Uh, but, yeah, Baker just it, – it, it, the, the Bucks take took too long to get going in this one. Mm-hmm. And they held a, uh, a nice video tribute to Shaq Leonard before the game, the guy that they just released last week. Uh, the Titans beat the Panthers 17-10, and sometimes – the way you think it's going to happen is exactly how it's going to happen. We said go over the Derrick Henry rushing prop because it was a really low considering because they weren't taking into account just the, how bad the Panthers are against the run. Derrick Henry rushes for 76 yards and not one but two touchdowns as the Titans beat the Panthers. Yeah, and this was another sloppy game, a lot of penalties, uh, but you're right. If it, and if it weren't for Derrick Henry, this was a, a pretty even game. Um Carol, like Tennessee, Will Levis continues to be not good. I, I, I Tennessee is going to be back to square one, looking for a quarterback. It feels like I, I don't know what their long term plan is, but I don't think it's Will Levis at this point. Like he had that one game, and since then, it's just been a disaster. But what's even wilder? I think, mm-hmm. I think Frank Reich, like the, the play call on fourth down, fourth and six. I, I, I think that Frank Reich may be done at one and done in Carolina. And if that's the case, you, you, you usually don't Could come be. back from that. Like if it's your first job, yeah. maybe oh. this is his second job. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get fired twice in two years and just you know get another one. All right, hear, hear me, hear me out. I mentioned Bill O'Brien takes over as the head coach in Carolina, right? I told you that before. Yeah, but Bill O'Brien's you know, it's not like he's been Bryce doing a great Young job with the, and, with the offense they've got. 
Yeah, but you give him a quarterback that he can work with. And then Frank Reich takes over or joins the staff up in Buffalo. Ugh, uh-uh. I don't want I don't want Frank Reich. No. I no. don't want Frank Reich in Buffalo. Okay. Keep right. his stink away from that. All right. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Steelers beating the Bengals. You want to talk about ugly football games? 16-10 as uh, the Steelers win a football game. And uh, you know what? They didn't get out yards hey. in this one, AJ. In fact, in fact, they got over 400 yards of offense. That's right. The Steelers got over 400 yards of offense. It's the first time that they have gotten over 400 yards of offense since the 2020 playoffs. That's how long it's been. And this was my five weight on the dream pod. I said firing Matt Canada would have positive effects on this offense. They would uh, have a, a renewed focus on the run with the running backs coach taking over as offensive coordinator. And the play caller was the quarterback's coach. So he would put Kenny Pickett in positions to succeed. Kenny Pickett did not turn the football over. Najee Harris, hey, welcome back. He rushed for 99 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren had 49 uh, rushing yards. Kenny Pickett, 24 of 33, 278 yards, and most importantly, did not yeah, turn the football I, I, over. Credit where it's due. This was one of the best games Kenny Pickett's ever played. I mean, it was a 16-10 to 10 game, and he didn't throw a single touchdown. But, I mean, for Kenny Pickett standards, this was pretty incredible. Uh I think this is maybe more than any other team. Like this, this team is so quarterback dependent, and I know it's a quarterback dependent league, but it's amazing. Yeah, the Bengals. The Bengals it's it's amazing what they go from yeah. and to when Joe Burrow's healthy and on the field versus when he's not. Like they, they look like they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, their their offense looked like the Panthers' offense. Um, and what's wild is, you know, without a the, – the Steelers got an interception where the Bengals were, like, basically going into the end zone. And if if the Bengals score there, the Bengals would have won this game somehow. Um, just yeah. – it's it's just bad offense. They, like, they look like – it, it was an ugly game to watch because the Bengals looked, looked disgusting without a But this is the way the Steelers want to win games. I mean, well, of course they want to put up 420 yards every game. Uh, but this, this, they, they're fine winning these sixteen to ten games. This was a, this was a Steelers type win. This was an mm-hmm. AFC North win, um, and the Steelers now sitting at seven and four. I, I mean, it's almost they're almost a lock to be a playoff team at this point. Like it would have to, it would take a complete disaster Boy, for them it, not to be. Are the Steelers just? I mean, they're Iowa. It's just, it's. Nope. I mean, I know like they obviously have the same uniforms, but like they It's like you, all, you don't know how they're doing it, but like yeah, they're the seven difference, and the Iowa plays better defense. Uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it, it's pretty wild, man. Like it's, I again, I don't know how they do it. I I call it magic, whatever you want to say. I, I don't know what it is, but they find a way. So uh, credit to them. And I mean, if you can believe this, the Steelers, their remaining schedule, like their next four games, home Cardinals. Home Patriots at Colts, home Bengals. I mean, they might be eleven and four, and then their last two games of the season at Seahawks, mm-hmm. at Ravens, uh, which aren't going to be easy, obviously. But I, I don't know how this team doesn't win ten games at this point. Yep. All right, the Falcons beat the Saints twenty four fifteen. I'll give you credit because you were on the Falcons on the Dream Pod, and uh, if you're Derek Carr and the Saints, like. How do you not win this football game? Desmond Ritter turns the football over in bad spots, but then again, Derek Carr threw the pick six, so that really was, I guess, the difference in the game because uh, Bijan Robinson had a breakout, 91 rushing yards and a touchdown. He also had 32 receiving yards and a touchdown. And hey, what do you know? He got more carries than Tyler Algiers. Finally, Arthur Smith realizing, put the ball in your hands of your best player. But uh, it just felt like, I I, I don't know, I, I just... The way that Desmond Ritter plays quarterback, I just don't. Well, know I mean, how they you run games. the ball forty-one times. That—that's what it was. Like it, they, the Falcons, yeah. they stop. They, that's the—that's the way for them to win, and that's why they—that's how they were winning early in the season. And with Desmond Ritter back there, it should be even more focus on just run the football forty-something times, and you'll have a chance. And I mean, you mentioned it. it It's—I don't. I've been waiting for this. Give the ball to Bijan. Involve Cordero Patterson more. Remember, this is a guy who's been like just kind of a lost, lost toy, a misfit toy that they just threw away when they got Bijan Robinson. The guy mm-hmm. is still a playmaker, and 
you saw it yesterday. They were a couple times. He like he was get, he got the ball twice in a row, and I think ran for first downs twice in a row, and was just bullying the Saints. I mean, this is a guy you can use as well. Like you don't have to let Desmond Ritter throw the ball thirty times in a game. That's not in your best interest if you're the Falcons. I thought they had a smart game plan, and boy, I hate to say this because I've always been a fan of the guy. I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr. Like, he's just he's not a good fit with the Saints, and he's certainly got a a higher floor than Jameis Winston. But at some point, the Saints, who are I mean, they're anybody can win this division. You may need to go with the higher ceiling, lower floor guy and Jameis Winston, and just see what he can mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. It might be a total disaster. But at some point, you're going to have to take a risk because Derek Carr is not doing anything that makes you think he he's going to win you enough games to get you to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's talk about Monday Night Football tonight, AJ, and that is the Bears at the Vikings. And the Vikings, a field goal favorite in this one. I'm on the Vikings. I, I, I like them in this matchup with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. What he is doing is he's holding on to the ball a little bit longer than other quarterbacks now I know normally you'd say well that's a bad thing right you don't want to hold the ball too long because then you're going to get sacked one I'm not worried about that against the Bears pass rush two the Bears are one of the worst defenses in the league when opposing quarterbacks hold the ball long meaning they don't cover yeah for a long time they'll cover for you know one or two seconds but then they lose the receivers in coverage. And what Josh Dobbs has been doing, he leads the league since he joined the Vikings in the amount of time he holds the football before throwing it. And because he's escaping the pocket, but he's not looking to run right away. He's escaping the pocket and keeping his eyes down the field and keeping the play alive and looking for his receivers. There's a lot of improvisation. Improvisation. Is that the word? Improvisation with this Vikings offense because he doesn't know all the plays. And so he's just kind of making plays happen and and the receivers are breaking off their routes and they're doing a great job of coming back to the ball and he's finding them. And I think that that's going to be a real problem for the bears defense, which like I said, has had problems covering for. Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. I, I, I I like the, uh, the Vikings here, especially at three, I lean to them even at three and a half. So I may end up making a play on this at three, uh, a lot of it is, I talked about this on the pod, like nobody blitzes more than Flores and Justin Fields goes from a slightly below average passer per PFF when he's not blitzed. And then he falls to like the Tyson Bajant, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett group when he is blitzed. It's bad. Uh, so and you, it, when, you, when you've got a coach you know is going to blitz and you know a quarterback doesn't deal well with the blitz, I'm always interested in that. And I, I think you've got a defense in Minnesota that's, way better than anybody expected. I mean, they're top 10 in DVOA. They're top 10 in pressure rate. This is a pretty solid uh, solid defense. And I don't know that the gap quarterback between Dobbs and Fields is all that is all that big. So uh, I, I trust that mm. team that's got the better defense right now. I will say, if I was looking for a player prop, I might go over on Justin Fields' rushing yards because, again, I think he's going to be blitzed a lot. I think he's going to have to make things happen with his legs. Uh, I think it's 55 and a half is the last number I saw. I, I could see Justin Fields running for his life quite a bit and and putting up some uh, some rushing yards. All right, so here's the same game parlay we're going to build here for tonight's game, Monday Night Football, the Vikings and the Bears. We're going to go over Justin Fields' 52 and, 52 and, a, half, and a half rushing yards. Okay. We're also going to go over Josh Dobbs, 36 and a half rushing yards. I mentioned he holds onto the football. He looks down the field. He's going to make plays with his legs. That's what he's been doing since he came to the Minnesota Vikings. Those two are plus 258. And then we're going to go with our boy TJ Hawkinson because we love him every single week, right? And we're going to go receptions on TJ Hawkinson. Works for me. How's that? What What are we getting? All right, let's let's see. We have receiving yards, receiving yards, receiving yards, Madison receptions, commit receptions. All right, I don't have a TJ Hawk receptions. All right, so TJ Hawk. Let's use our two quarterback running yards and let's do uh, Vikings minus three. Or let's be juicy here. Okay, let's be juicy. This is what the people want, right? This is let's give the people what they want. We're going Justin Fields over 52 and a half 
Josh Dobbs over 36 and a half. And then we're going Justin Fields anytime touchdown and oh Josh boy. Dobbs anytime oh, touchdown. All right. That's a long shot. That's it. Four legs plus 1,700. <laughs> all right. That's put a quarter of a unit on it. That's plus 1,700. That's going to be fun. We're just rooting for the quarterbacks to run in this one. So, hey, it worked out. If you did if you did this same bet in the Eagles-Bills game, That's you true. won. In fact, in fact, not only did, if you did the same bet in the Eagles-Bills game, would you have won because Josh Allen rushed for 81 yards and Jalen Hurts for 65. But if you bet them each to rush for two touchdowns, you would have won that massive parlay because they both rushed for two touchdowns. So we're looking for that type of game tonight. Justin Fields over 52 and a half and a touchdown. Josh Dobbs over 36 and a half and a touchdown plus 1700 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's for Monday Night Football tonight in Minnesota. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. I don't want to say I told you so, AJ, but uh, on one of my handicaps on a Duke game, I said that Mike Elko is under consideration for the Texas A&M job. And I think he wants to make an imprint. You know, he wants to make an impression so that they hire him. Well, you know, Duke finished their regular season with with a victory. They defeated Pitt 30-19. to And then the phone rang. And Mike Elko is now your new head coach. Well, I think Texas, Texas A&M, A&M knew Mike Elko. He did coach there for four or five years. I, they were familiar with his work. Well, that's why I, that's why I said that he was going to get the job. I, I think certainly he, he warranted a, uh, a big job, and I'm not surprised that he got a call. I, I do think it's wild. Like they, I mean, the, the whole Mike Stoops thing, I mean – yeah, there was rumors that Mike Stoops was taking the job, uh, but then he denied that. Actually, apparently he was, like, no, he was telling people he it. was, and then the 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 backlash on Twitter uh, to people who were like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is a bad hire." Suddenly, so it's like 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 a Greg Schiano Tennessee thing. Yeah, do you remember, it, that? Or, remember when that was happened? It Lane Kiffin to Tennessee too? Was <laughs> yeah. that or no? Where was it? Was me? Lane Kiffin left. No, Lane yeah. Kiffin oh, did yeah, coach. It was Greg Schiano. Because Greg Schiano was 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 hired and then like received so much like online backlash, he was like, 
no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not taking and then, that job. What are you when Art Bryles <laughs> got, I forget who it was. Uh, was it Grambling that hired Art Bryles and even Grambling State? Like it, it, it took mm-hmm. one day and they're like, yep, you're out. We can't, we can't deal with this. Uh, but yeah, it, this was backlash from the fans. Obviously a, a big fan base with, with deep pockets. And they were like, nope, this doesn't work for us. And uh, they, they make a change. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, kudos to them for, for making that change. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know who the right hire is. Uh, but they they give the people what they want, and Mike Elko, the new head coach at Texas A and M, I the first thing I the first name I saw before I even saw Mike Stoops was they were talking to Dabo Swinney, and I was like, there I said, there's no way. Mm. There, first of all, there's no way he would leave Clemson for A and M. But secondly, you would take like the the guy who's been running the worst college football offense for the last you know five years. Yeah, and, and Jimbo Fisher fire him and replace him with the guy who's been running the second worst offense. That's a terrible idea. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was glad, at least for Aggie's sake, that they did not hire uh, Dabo. Uh, Oklahoma's offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby, the uh, former UCF uh, guy, is going to be now the new head coach at Mississippi State. So yeah, Jeff Lebby, of the uh, the Art Briles scandal, he was one of the guys involved in that, and there was a, a lot of thought that. Uh, nobody's ever going to want to touch him as a head coach. And you, you have to wait a little while sometimes. Now maybe enough people have forgotten that they're like, oh, maybe we can s- slide this one in there and hire this guy. Very good offensive mind. Uh, I think a very good offensive coordinator. It's worth a shot there at Mississippi State. I actually heard that Mississippi State was going hard after Fritz from Tulane. And, you know, this. so it was sort mm-hmm. of a, a a left turn here. But I, I think he's a guy who can who can make a difference for him. It, it'll, it'll help their offense, certainly. And for a team that, you know, all these guys were recruited by Mike Leach and then they got put into an offense that became like the most run heavy offense yeah. in college football. They, that's not how they wanted to play. So maybe this is a good call for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call to keep those recruits uh, as the kids don't transfer. Um, Dave Aranda is going to be back at Baylor. So giving him another go at it next year, you know, we'll see what happens. But I would assume if it's the same type of season it is this year, he will not last no. until 2025. And Houston making a change as Dana Holgerson is out after five seasons. What direction are they going to go? in? I don't know. I've heard Jeff Trailer's name kicked around. Uh, I'm sure that'd be an ideal hire for them, uh, you know, from from UTSA. Uh, but I, I don't really know. I don't know what they're going to look to do because this was, I mean, I think this changed from what I, I talked to some people in Houston yesterday and they said this changed over the last week. There's something about the way that Dana handled the loss against central Florida and how he talked about his job after the loss. Like, Hey, this is no big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm here. This is what I do. Uh, it did that ended up making the decision happen. So I, I don't have any inside info on on where they want to go. I do know that Jeff Trailer's a name that they're they're kicking around and they're hopeful that that they can get a uh, good conversation going with him. Well, championship week is here in college football. It all starts on Friday with the Conference USA title game and the Pac-12 title game here in Vegas. AJ and I will break it all down this week on the College Football Dream Preview on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. Yesterday in the NBA, the Bucs with a 26-point come-from-behind win to beat the Blazers 108-102. It's the largest comeback of this season as, you know, they they were uh, they dominated the Blazers by 32 points the rest of the way. They were down 81-55 with nine minutes left in the third quarter and then outscored them by 32 from that moment on. So that's, right. that's how you finish a game strong, AJ. Yeah, only five on games tonight? on the schedule tonight. Wizards are at the Pistons. Detroit minus three and a half at home. Two teams that are two and 14. Two of the worst teams in the league going at it here. Uh, Trailblazers, not far off. They are plus 12 and a half at the Pacers. Total in that, as we know, Pacers totals are interesting these days. 241 and a half. A, a low 241 and a half for a Pacers game. Lakers, plus four and a half at Philadelphia. Pelicans are minus four and a half on the road at Utah. And the Nuggets on the second half of a back-to-back, minus four and a half, or excuse me, plus four and a half at the Clippers. College Hoops, four games in the top 25 yesterday. No big upsets, but we saw Florida Atlantic 84-50 blowout of Virginia Tech at the ESPN Invitational. Colorado got an 85-68 win over Iona. 
Texas bounced back with an 86-63 win over Wyoming. And Texas A&M, 73-69 winners over Iowa State. Uh, despite missing two of their their key guys, they announced out right before the game. Texas A&M moved from pick to plus three and a half. Still get an outright win over a pretty solid Iowa State team. Only one top 25 team in action tonight. It is UConn. They are uh, the number five team in the country. They are hosting New Hampshire. UConn minus 31 and a half. So if uh, if you if you're any if you've got any interest in flipping coins tonight, there's a coin to flip. Today is Monday, so there should be a new top 25 out. We do expect a new number one. My expectation is the Purdue Boilermakers should be atop the new poll. Yeah, three uh, top 15 wins in a span of that, seven. That'll usually hours. get it done. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be enough. Purdue is your new unanimous number one team in the nation. Six games on the ice tonight, and the action starts up in Ottawa, where the Senators are hosting the Panthers, Florida, a minus 125 road favorite there. The New York Rangers, the best team in the NHL's Eastern Conference. And yes, I say that because they beat the Bruins 7-4 over the weekend. They are 15-3. And one, and even though the Bruins also have 31 points, just like the Rangers, well, the Rangers have that head-to-head win. So they're they're actually they're the best team in the NHL. That's right, I said it. Most points in the NHL tied with the Bruins with that head-to-head win. Rangers are number one in the power rankings. The Rangers are hosting the Sabers, New York, a minus 210 favorite at the Garden. Speaking of those Bruins, they are at the Blue Jackets in Boston, a minus 240 road favorite. Columbus playing the second of a back-to-back as they were in uh, Carolina last night, losing 3-2-2. The Lightning were at the Avalanche, and Andre Vasilevsky returned over the weekend, and they really took care of business. He he was uh, perfect in his debut. Well, not perfect. He gave up a couple of goals, but a big win for the Lightning at the Hurricanes. And now uh, Tampa will look to take on the Avalanche, Colorado, minus 145 at home. VGK is at the Flames, and they are a minus 120 favorite, looking to bounce back from that 2 nothing home loss to the Arizona Coyotes. And the Capitals are at the Sharks, Washington minus 215 make sure you guys head on over to pregame.com where we are still offering our thanksgiving promo codes available for you to save some money on the website gravy 30 is going to be the promo code to save $30 at pregame.com. That's right. You get $30 off of your purchase at pregame.com if you use the promo code GRAVY30. So it's still uh, good for you know another day or so. So want to make sure that you get that promo code GRAVY30 to take $30 off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.